0: In his analysis of Galatians 5.16, 25, Aletti seeks to address three particularly controversial points in this set of Bible verses. Firstly, he discusses the uncertainty of where the exhortative section commences at verse 1 or verse 13 in chapter 5 of the book of Galatians. Secondly, Aletti examines the meaning behind verse 17 of the same chapter, acknowledging that this specific verse has been recognized as one of the most difficult to interpret in the letter to the Galatians. Aleti focuses heavily on this verse, understanding that its interpretation has significant influence over the meaning of the portrayed opposition between the flesh and the spirit in verses 16-25. to 25. Finally, Aleti attempts to provide an explanation for Apostle Paul's apparent emphasis on the conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Throughout the evaluation, although Aleti presents no new interpretations of the text, he accentuates the profound impacts that Paul's thoughts on justification have had on the exhortative sections of both the letter to the Galatians and to the Romans. Aletti's study thus attempts to offer a deeper understanding of these controversial points and their implications for interpretation of the New Testament. Also, the disagreement over when the exhortative section of Galatians begins, some scholars say in 5:1, others in 5.13, affirms the unique way Apostle Paul addresses questions in his letters. As seen in Galatians and 1 Corinthians, Paul typically does not offer an immediate answer to the questions posed. Instead, he takes a detour to root his response deeply within the Gospel. For example, in dealing with the contentious issue of circumcision among the Galatians, Paul does not immediately reject it. He first restates the essence of the Gospel to demonstrate that circumcision, and thus submission to the Mosaic Law, does not contribute to one's standing in the Gospel. This method is reflected in other Pauline letters. This tendency to delay immediate answers and focus on the deeper implications of the questions posed suggests a need to be cautious in believing that the problems faced by the communities determine the rhetorical genre of Paul's letters. This is because it is not the problems themselves but the way in which Paul addresses them that determines the genre. For example, Treating what seems like a concrete question in a more expansive manner, as Paul does, can shift the genre from deliberative to epidictic. In sum, Paul's approach tends to look beyond immediate concrete questions to more profound and enduring ones. He aims less to provide direct moral instructions than to illuminate the transformative power of the gospel. For instance, in discussing the contentious issue of circumcision in Galatians, he directs the discourse to the wider and more crucial question of the gospel's overarching message. Thus, recognizing this method of argumentation enhances our understanding of Paul's letters and the ongoing debates within the communities he addresses. Moreover, the exhortative section of the letter in Galatians 5.13-6.10 is divided into three identifiable parts due to thematic changes, 5.13-15, 25 and 5.26-6.10. Galatians five sixteen twenty five 25 is distinct due to its focus on the dichotomy of the flesh-spirit and its structure has been debated among scholars. The unit is structured as a concentric composition, an initial exhortation, reasons or motivations, and a repetition of the exhortation. It starts with a positive affirmation, encouraging followers to walk in a spiritual path, verse 16a, and this is immediately followed by a warning against the desires of the flesh, verse 16b. The motivation for the exhortation, which unfolds in verses 17 to 24, asserts the conflict between the spirit and the flesh. The flesh's desires work against the spirit and vice versa, making it impossible to be guided by both simultaneously. The effects of these two opposing powers are then elaborated upon. The works of the flesh, which are considered detrimental, are listed, including fornication, impurity, enmity, strife, jealousy, and anger, among others. Conversely, the fruits of the spirit encompass love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness, demonstrating the stark contrast between the two. The unit concludes by affirming that followers of Christ have renounced fleshly desires. Ultimately, the structure of Galatians 5.16, 25, reveals a clear dichotomy between the flesh and spirit, showcasing the dangers and negative aspects of the flesh, and the positive, guiding light of the spirit. Furthermore, the structure of Galatians 5.17, raises important questions regarding the flesh and spirit contrast in Scripture. The passage can interpret the relative pronoun in several ways. This contrast, however, has sparked countless interpretations over the years, from symbolizing the battle of desires between the human flesh and spirit of God to suggesting verse 17 merely implies an internal struggle faced by believers. One traditional interpretation views this verse as illustrating a struggle within the Christian believer with the presence of the spirit intensifying the conflict between human desires, or flesh, and spiritual inclinations. This interpretation posits that both the desires of the flesh and spirit are part of the believer's ongoing salvational process. Hence, the struggle between the flesh and the spirit presents a sort of paralysis for the believer. However, other interpretations suggest the passage's context indicates that believers are not paralyzed by their interior struggles. The second reading proposes that the flesh-spirit antagonism directs believers towards discernment. It highlights that the flesh and spirit prevent believers from doing whatever comes to their mind, especially harmful or evil things. The third reading offers an alternative, suggesting that the line about the flesh desiring against the spirit aims to prevent believers from doing the good deeds they wish to do. This interpretation proposes a more active role for the spirit, indicating that the spirit seeks to thwart the flesh's evil designs. Considerable debate surrounds the meaning of the conjunction in the biblical text. Some argue for a positive denotation, associating the flesh-spirit struggle with the struggle of growing up and learning to discern right from wrong. Others contend for a negative interpretation, implying that the spirit prevents believers from doing evil things. Some commentators suggest that the verse maintains the struggle between the flesh and the spirit, each alternating in controlling the believer's actions, leading to an ongoing tension between the two. All readings have theological implications, varying from pointing out the imperfection of believers, the moral restrictions on freedom, to reiterating the flesh's lasting and effective antagonist in the spirit. Thus, the interpretation of this passage depends on personal reading and theological standpoints. In addition, Galatians 5.17 repeats how the flesh is in opposition to the Spirit, seeking to prevent the Spirit from guiding believers to do good. However, it also implies that the Spirit is much stronger than the flesh and exists to defend believers. Subsequent verses show believers are not left at the mercy of their own devices or enslaved by the flesh. They can be guided by the Spirit and thus have nothing to fear. In Galatians 5.18, Paul claims that if believers are led by the Spirit, they are not under the law. Going by previous usage of this expression in Galatians, it is understood that law refers to the Mosaic law. Galatians have been asked to fulfill the law, but not become its subjects. This is because the law is incapable of judging the fruit the Spirit produces in believers. The Spirit, not the law, is the true guide for believers. Paul's letters in these passages extend beyond specific instructions on aspects of life and speak to the fundamental attitude on which all decisions depend. Ethical behavior, according to Paul, is rooted in one's salvific status, reinforcing the idea that what believers do is determined by who they are. The stakes of the choice between the flesh and the spirit are radical, according to Paul, and demand total commitment from believers. These core exhortations underlines values like love and kindness towards fellow believers, particularly in times of division within the church, such as the debate over circumcision. In sum, Paul seeks to remind Galatian believers of the profound ethical and ecclesiastical implications of adhering to the gospel. Last but not least, Aletti dives deep into a detailed analysis of Galatians 5.13-6.10, underscoring that these passages should be understood as emphasizing the critical ethical choices confronting believers, between the flesh and the spirit. He debates that the implications of these decisions stretch into the entire church body, further accentuating the decisive importance of the Galatians 1-4 argument. The very essence of the gospel, according to Aleti, stands in the outcome. Aletti pays particular attention to the frequent usage of the term nomos, or law, affirming that its recurrence signifies that the law remains a persistent element in Paul's thought. However, he mentions that Paul is not merely criticizing the overemphasis on identity markers or the incorrect application of the law. Instead, Aletti suggests that Paul intentionally pairs the law with the flesh. This juxtaposition serves to indicate that the law, similarly to the flesh, cannot offer a path to salvation. Paul's stance, as interpreted by Aletti, is radical, challenging traditional beliefs on the role of the law in the path to spiritual redemption. To Aletti, the interpretation of these passages serves as a reminder that the ethical decisions made by believers, not adherence to law or flesh, are pivotal in shaping individual salvation and the broader ecclesial community. For him, these passages are not negative descriptions of an ethical paralysis, but rather stark contrasts set to define the stakes of gospel-based living. In conclusion, Aletti offers an in-depth analysis of Galatians 5.16, 25, tackling three controversial points within the verses. Firstly, Aletti identifies the uncertainty of where the exhortative section begins, verse 1 or verse 13. Next, Aletti delves into the interpretation of verse 17, traditionally one of the most challenging verses to understand within the letter to the Galatians. Finally, the conflict between the flesh and the spirit, asserted by Apostle Paul, is examined. Aletti stresses that Apostle Paul often addresses questions in his letters through a detour, tying his answers to the gospel's essence rather than offering immediate replies. This approach is reflected throughout Paul's letters, including Galatians and the 1 Corinthians. This shows the importance of thoroughly evaluating the exhortative sections rather than focusing solely on the immediate problem at hand. Aleti explores the structure of Galatians 5.16, 25, noting the clear division between the flesh and spirit in the text. The flesh represents harmful desires, while the spirit signifies positive aspects such as love, joy, peace, and more. This juxtaposition serves as a guiding light for followers of Christ to renounce fleshly desires. Galatians 5.17 has sparked various interpretations, each offering a unique perspective on the opposition between flesh and spirit. Some view the verse as illustrating an internal struggle within the believer, while others see it as a guide towards discernment or a tool to prevent harmful actions through the spirit's active role. In Galatians 5.18, Apostle Paul stresses that belief guided by Spirit is not bound by the Mosaic law. Instead, the Spirit is the true path for believers, a notion that reinforces that believers' actions are determined by their salvific status. Aleti believes Paul's core exhortations in these passages seek to highlight the critical ethical choices confronting believers, choosing between the flesh and the Spirit. Ultimately, Aleti indicates that the decisions followers make guided by spirit rather than law or flesh, profoundly influence their salvation and the larger ecclesial community.